Welcome to Always Real Talk. We're proud to have Atiba Majun, founder of Party Politics U.S., in the studio with us today. Welcome to the Always Real Talk studio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, man. Well, it's good. There's a lot of things going on today. We got a jam-packed show. Thank you for taking time coming out to, to visit us. Um, there's so much that's going on, but I want to start off and let our viewers get a, a good understanding of Party Politics U.S. Now, when I think of Party Politics U.S., of course I'm thinking party, right? But, but walk us through what Party Politics U.S., what you are, what you do, why you created it. I think it's a phenomenal uh, what you put together and what you guys are doing. But let us let our viewers know what you're doing. I appreciate that. Um, party Politics is a company that was set up primarily because there's so much political discord that's going on. So in 2010, sitting out in a lounge with two friends, um, one of them asked me, Atiba, how can we pull together the Tea Party, the Republicans and Democrats to have a conversation? And I thought about it for a second and I said, you got to make it fun. And so party politics came about because of the idea and the name came about because it was about how do we put the party before the politics. Now, if I can go back. And that conversation, what we talked about was as a child at home, I'm the oldest of five kids, my family sat around the dining room table every night. My mother used to get upset because my father would wheel in the television so we could watch Walter Cronkite. And at the end of the show of his program, he always ended it, well, that's the way it is. And then he would give the date and he would sign off. But after those, that sign off, we often had a political discussion about the day's events. And that's how we got, I guess, ingrained into current events. Now, at the end of those conversations, often it was my father and I sitting at the table. And here I am, this young kid. My father's older. He had um, lived through civil rights movement, had gone overseas, served in the military. And I, we often were at, at odds. And we continued the conversation. When I say odds, I used to be odds with my father too. So believe it me. was a good debate. It was a good debate. Always, and always it, a good debate. Who knew it was generational? Was it yeah. a generational debate? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who knew that it was preparing me for something later in life? Mm -hmm. But in these conversations, we walked away, and we still loved each other. We still liked each other. We just didn't have to agree with each other. And so my thought then was, how about we create a platform where we put people together around a table? and just like we are here, and we record those conversations. As time went on, we, start, we did our first um, program at Howard University. It wasn't around a dinner table, but we were able to bring in a congressional member. We brought in okay. students from Howard. So we brought in Congressman Cedric R Richmond. We had Taylor Thomas, a moderator, who was the news director at uh, WHUR, and um, someone from the White House, Heather Foster, and a uh, Dr. Avis Jones de Weaver, who I went to college with, who at the time was the executive director of the National, uh, National um, uh, Conference of Women. The Conference of Women. So, so how many people do you have now? In I'm like, sorry, it's the Negro Council of Women. Go ahead. How many f folks are involved with the Party Politics USA? So US. since, yeah, since we found it, we have reached thousands of people. And the way that we've done this is simply by asking people, what's important to you? So in 2015, we went on the campus of Texas State University with a chalkboard a physical chalkboard, unaware that students were going to not only embrace this, but they were going to share their ideas. Are you talking about like the chalkboard that used to be in the classroom? A chalkboard like you have in the classroom. Chalkboard. Well, i tell you what. We'll be right back. We're going to talk a little bit more about this chalkboard, party politics, right here with my good friend Atiba. We'll be right back.
Yes, we're here with Atiba Majun from Party Politics U.S., and we're talking about chalkboard conversations. And I'm going to let you talk about chalkboard conversations, but I think right now it's got to be jumping. I mean, they got to be talking about, and I did say got. I do know the correct English, but I want to say got because this SAT stuff has got to be out of control. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yesterday I was riding and heard, I think it was uh, Felicity Huffman and the woman from Full House. Let's just just, and, and just say rich people. Yeah, rich let's, people. Let's, yeah, say, that's let's, true. Say, let's say rich people. That's say, true. Well, we got to say rich people. Well, since we're here on Real Talk, let's talk, have Real Talk about yeah, it. It's Real Talk. I mean, I was watching CNN and Fox and some of the other networks. Sometimes I turn on and I watch, and they said wealthy people get their name on the building. Then they get their kids in school. Rich people who can't really get their name on the building, they were, and I can say all of them, but it seems to be they were the ones that were writing the checks. You talk about, tell me about chalkboard conversations. Are you hearing anything? Yeah. Give us a little insight on what you guys are doing at chalkboard conversations, which I think is phenomenal. People go there, check it out, you know, leave a message, listen, learn, laugh. And uh, sometimes you, you hear things that make you want to pray. Yeah. Well, chalkboard conversations started off because of what we did at Texas State University. When we went to Texas State, we were calling it chalkboard campus. It's on a college campus. Mm -hmm. But what we were finding is that people were talking about those issues. And then a lot of older people were messaging me saying, Atiba, we keep seeing these pictures of the chalkboard on a campus. What about us? So we created a platform using Facebook. It's a private group because people want to be able to be in a safe space and have some of these conversations. So it's, it's, in, the, it's in the Facebook group. It is. So I mean, go to Facebook. It's in the Facebook group. Well, people can be invited into. It's like word of mouth. You exactly. can be invited in by, by other uh, members. But what happens with Chalkboard is it's grown now to 3,000-plus members in 80-some countries. And every single day, there are people that are posting stories that are going on and there's either debates or conversations that are about those particular conversations, I mean, about those particular issues. So, you know, you mentioned the SAT scandal and I think that right now, one of the overarching conversations is about the presidential election year, which people like Bernie Sanders and now others that are in oh, the we're race gonna, are talking Oh, we're going to get back to this 2020. I, I know, we're going to get back, what, on, what, we're gonna get back what, on this 2020 because it's, it's jumping. It's hot out there. It's what hot. Ma what many of them have talked about is paying for college education. And now you have this piece where we're finding out that there are people, as you mentioned, well, they're paying wealthy for putting their names on buildings. Well, they're paying for it. They paid for the college they're education. They're paying for it. They, they paid a lot. It's not necessarily for going to the colleges or <laughs> colleges and universities directly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a, um, it's a big mess, and it just keeps going to show that I don't know if you want to say that to be rich or wealthy in this country, you have to do some kind of criminal activity or to get your kids ahead, but that's what well, it seems well, like well, they were doing I, now. I think we should step back and ask, is it a criminal activity? Is, is it, it a criminal is, activity is it a I mean, what? people are talking about right now, you know, what's going to happen? You know, is, is, it, is it just a slap on the wrist? Is it a, is it a crime? And is a crime being committed? You know, I'm, I'm hearing all this chatter where people say, well, you know, they did it. They were trying to get their kids in the in the school, but I, and then let's back up, $45 million was spent. $45 million was spent. So if I want my kid, and I start to, to kind of put it all in perspective, I want to give my kid a better SAT so they can get in school. So clearly, they can't get in school. Don't they, they have SAT classes? Well, we, but clearly they, they just can't do the SAT classes. But isn't classes. it based on a kid's 
Oh. A kid's achievement. We don't have time for that. Tiba, nobody got time for that. I'm rich. We don't have time to spend. I want to be at the beach. What I don't about, want to what be about at the beach. Did you hear that young? Did you hear the the, the young uh, the, the lady's daughter say, I'm in school to party, have no, fun. She said she wanted to go to college just to party. Just to party. So you want them to sit in a class to figure. So yeah, yes, they could do that. The normal folks like us, those well, I didn't even get a chance to take the class because you gotta be able to afford to take the class, right? But so they don't take the class, they walk in, they get a test, you know, they take the test, and somebody on the other side says, Whoa, none of these answers are right. We're just gonna go ahead and for a fee, we're gonna change all these answers for you. And then some people just said, they didn't show up. Somebody else sat there and took the test for them. So you have all these adults. You got the parent who is well, somebody told the parent that if I go talk to this person, I can get a better essay. And write a check. And, and so somebody got a check for introducing them to the person that they need to write a check to. And then that person had to write somebody else a check so they could falsify and come in and act like they were their student and take the test, right? And then they had to submit that to a, a college and a university, right, which they did. And the parent knew the whole time that the kid just wasn't that bright. Right? And then they go out and talk about we shouldn't have affirmative action. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, this is only so in America. Let's, 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 only so, in America. You, you brought up the affirmative action piece. The first thing that comes to my mind was um, Malcolm X saying, We've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, ran amok. The other thing that comes to mind is when uh, people were saying in the 60s that, Oh, yeah, if you work hard and pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, then you can, you can be part of this. Yet the rules always keep changing, don't they, Kwame? Well, they, they do, but I, I want to get back but to how my do point. Is it a I, crime? I, I, is it a crime? We're going to talk about if it's a crime. We come, I know we got to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about it as a crime. We're going to talk about SAT scandals. We're also going to finish talking about uh, Chalkboard Conversations, which is a phenomenal place to go visit, learn, have fun, get invited, because you got to get invited. You just can't sneak in there. they got to invite you. Somebody got to accept you on Facebook. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Always Real Talk, and we're talking about the SAT scandal. We're talking about is it a crime? We're talking about where is the fairness? We're just talking about how the rich continue to have a double standard here in America. And uh, we're here with my good friend Atiba. And Atiba, you was making an excellent point as it relates to is the, bolt, is the, is the system changing for one versus the other, and we had to go to a commercial. But I want to come back on that. What is your thoughts around, you know, it's a crime, what's happening, what's going on, should people be outraged? Talk to me. Come on, this is real talk, right? So oh, yeah, you know, talk this is, is real talk. Real talk is the fact that the rules keep changing. So let's just say, for instance, hypothetically, if there was someone who was selling drugs who had the money and the means to be able to pay for their child to do the same thing that we're hearing that these rich people did, would it be a crime then? Especially if they were of color. We keep hearing this whole conversation that it's okay. Oh, what they, what they did was they, it was just out of love. They were just trying to make sure that their kid got the best quality education that they possibly could get. Well, I think that there are a whole lot of other people that are trying to do it the right way, to take the SATs, to do well in the SATs, to get in school. Oftentimes they get high SAT scores and even high grades and still don't get a scholarship in order to be able to get in school. Absolutely. And so now you Absolutely. have these people who are cheating and cheating the system, 
So we keep seeing the rules being changed, whether or not it was, for instance, in the last segment, I was saying that Malcolm X said we've been bamboozled, ran amok. And others in the 60s and the civil rights movement said, well, they keep asking us to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, but they don't want to give us a set of boots. <laughs> At all. No boots. We only had no shoes. So now we have the boots. Now we're trying to lace the shoes and pull ourselves up. And now you're still changing the rules. I mean, we've been hearing about this all. If you go throughout history, we've always been talking about this. When slavery ended, the rules changed. When segregation happened and integration came, the rules changed. The rules just keep changing. The rules. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that um, as you, you hear what's happening, people are talking about it from both sides. So I hear some people saying, hey, you know, regular people or people that work hard, our students and for those that go into classrooms and we talk to students about what they can be if they just work hard, for those that say, hey, you know, you study hard, you take good tests, you know, you too can get into this college or that college, uh, and, and they do it, and they get that letter. And as, as a parent, and all the parents that are out there, you know what happens. You apply for a school, you understand what their requirements are, right? And when you come to a lot of Ivy League schools, there's certain requirements you got to hit or you won't even be considered. Right? So you have to have a, a SAT score of X or you automatically don't even be, you're not considered at all. And it's a, a bunch of other boxes. Community service. And so you check all those activities. boxes, right? So you check all those boxes and you're saying, you know what, baby, we, we did everything we could. You, got, you checked all the boxes. You got a really good chance. Now, you know, you might not get in, but we put you on the field. Like, you're in the game. You're in the game. And then those letters start coming in. And I don't know about you, but there, as a parent, when you go to that mailbox during a certain time of the year when your kid's a senior and you know you got to get the mail. And, you know, sometimes they don't want to grab the mail. Sometimes they do. And you grab that mail and you see that envelope. And you know what that envelope is saying, you're mm -hmm. in or you out, right? Or you're sitting by the computer. And you see it on the internet when everyone's waiting and they keep clicking that button to see if they got in, they see got in, and you see, no, you didn't get in. And you knew that you gave it everything you had. You knew your SATs was at the top. And then to come to find out that people are paying to cheat to take your spot. I mean, I talked to my daughter and she's like, Dad, you know, I know a lot of people that should have got in and didn't get in because they said their SAT scores was not high enough. Devastating to whether you are, are a minority kid or a non-minority mm -hmm. kid, don't make a difference, right? Cheaters can't win. And when parents are out here cheating for their kids, there should be consequences. Yeah, and it keeps pitting, it keeps pitting the haves and the have-nots against each other. It's consequences. the have-nots and the have-nots against each other. And so overall, in terms of these conversations that we're having, it's one thing to keep having the conversation. It's another thing is now what do we do? Because what I keep seeing is that when our voices get elevated, when we talk louder, things change. Even with right now the complexities of this particular issue, there are a number of parents that have to be sitting going, I tried to get my kid into that school. Absolutely. Or students who are saying, I tried to get into that school, and I did it, and I played by the rules. But their slot, or that slot, or that admissions office didn't allow them to get in because someone else paid for their kid to play. Well, let's, 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 let's take it back. As I, you know, my daughter just graduated last year, so I've been through this whole college process. And the fact that the parents talk to someone to get the, the, uh, a company to cheat for them, 
right? And then they turn around and somebody talks to the coach and you know that your kid has never played soccer a day in his life or crew or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know that your kid ain't, and your kid knows, right? And the coach knows and they get on the team and then they take a slot from another student from another student and then they fake an injury but they're already in school you know who at that point i think all of them should all of them should be all of them should be prosecuted right. all of them any time you cheat and you put your your kids know that you're cheating they say well the kids didn't know yes the kids the kid knew they couldn't play soccer the kid knew they couldn't do crew so now you're teaching your kids to what Right, this is all, this is all about, we, we have been hearing a lot, you asked about chalkboard conversations, about right. this idea of privilege and entitlement. Pri privilege and entitlement. So I'm entitled to be able to play by these rules, even if someone else doesn't have the means to be able to play by those rules. I, oh, I'm privileged enough because whether or not I'm wealthy or rich or what have you. I even think that this whole idea that if you put your name on the side of a building, but your student, your kid is a C student, and you get to go to Yale, or you get to go to another one of these prominent universities because you had enough money to give them school money, it's still pay to play. Well, I mean, it's a lot more to it. Yeah, of course there's a lot more to it. I mean, but here's the thing. Overall, again, since we're on real talk, the real talk about this is the fact that there are millions of young people, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, immigrants in this country that are doing it the right way. They're doing it and they're playing by the rules. But too often they are get, being pushed back and they're not getting the access that they are looking for to get. Well, it, come, it comes back to a point though, right? The point is if in fact there's not a strong message sent that none of this will be tolerated, people will continue to do it. Well, I'm a, and they, they, I'm gonna say something that people aren't gonna like, well, you know, this is real talk. You tell me that the schools did not know that none of this was going on. Of course on. they knew. I mean, people say, oh, you know, no one at the school really knew what was going on. I said, didn't the coach know? So the coach just talks to himself. So some people are just lying. But I'm going to put it. Period. That's give, the way I feel. Yeah, but I'm going to give an example of a game. A few years ago, I'm playing a game with a friend of mine who was a foreign diplomat, high up. We're playing a game, simple game, few people called Cards Against Humanity. Mm -hmm. I think that the title fits in real good with this. Mm -hmm. But Cards Against Humanity, for those of you who have never played it, it's basically you get a set of cards, someone whose go it is, puts the card out, and people give a card to the person whose go it is to see whether or not that fits or makes that person laugh or thinks and they think that card is the best of all the people around the table. So let's say you get seven cards each. Well, this particular friend is sitting there with 16 cards in his hand. Everybody's going around the table, but there's seven. And he keeps winning every round. Till finally, his fiance looks at him and goes, what, why do you have all these cards in your hand? His response, it's a game. You play to win the game. He's, he didn't, wasn't going within the rules. My point in this is that often this, all of this is a game. And we've been trained to color within the lines. We've been trained to like follow the rules. Yet we often find out that when we follow those rules, there's always someone who's got that privilege or feels that privilege and entitlement 
to do something outside of those rules and those guidelines, and then everyone else loses. Well, no, that's, that's a great point. We'll be right back with more with our good friend Atiba. It's always real talk. You know it's going to be real. Welcome back to Always Real Talk. We're here continuing our conversation to talk about what these penalties should be regarding this SAT scandal. And we're going back and forth because I know that you and I, we have maybe uh, the same heart, but we, you know, we agree and disagree. But we're talking about the penalties. And, you know, should the child be penalized? Clearly, people need to be held accountable, whether it's the school needs to be held accountable. Because if you're a coach, you knew, somebody else knew, if you are the business that was providing these falsified documents for the SAT, you should be held accountable. If you are the parent who knew that you were cheating on behalf of your kid, you should be held accountable. That's where I am. That's what I believe. Now, I know, you know, we have, you know, so let's, let's talk about this. I know you think that, you know, that the, that the kid should be held accountable. The student should be part of the accountability process. Well, you know, years ago, there used to be this idea that was floating around. Oh, you can you go. You got to tell a, me this long child, story. If a child that I didn't sold have drugs, the boat, I didn't have the rule. That if a so, child sold drugs or if a child did something that was against the law, that the parents should be held accountable. Now, that idea was to, was so that the parent was more accountable for the child. Now, in this particular case, if the children, and I'm not saying penalize where the kids have to go to jail, but there should be some sort of penalty. That those, that those students, why, because if those students are then also penalized, it will keep the parent from going and playing outside of those lines and, play, and breaking the rules. But if the but parent knows, if the parent knows that the they child... They didn't break the rules. So the child that acknowledges and says, oh yeah, I'm on the crew team, but they're not on the crew team, they didn't play? No, what I'm saying is that the, the, the student that is sitting there, that they, my daughter, and I ain't going to use me because this is a crazy example, but somebody who has a daughter, and they go and they pay for someone to take a test, and their daughter goes and they, she thinks she's taking a test, and the daughter has no idea. They think they got into Yale all because they're smart. And right? if the, and Let me finish. They should not be penalized. And if the parent now, knows, they should, they if the parent they should, knows, they should, they should, how you going to hold that Kwame, child responsible? If the parent, here's real talk. If the parent knows that there is a possibility of some type of repercussion coming back to their child, they will think twice, maybe even three times before they yeah, do but that. You, but, you, but you're talking now. We're talking the we're talking the present. We're not talking the future. Well, you know what? We're talking, often, the, we're talking the present. Often laws, now, I agree with you. Often I, laws are, are created. Often laws are created after the fact. I, now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of the walk. Hold your thought. Hold your thought. Hold your thought. Hold your thought. Maybe not in this particular case. We don't know what what a judge or what anybody's. Going to, we don't even know. As I said earlier, we all come to this part of the journey from different perspectives. My perspective on this is that those students. Many of them, they knew, at least based on what we're seeing, we, they, this hasn't even gone to court yet. You said, but, but there well, has but, to be. How about the student? There are some that they talked about. We don't have all the details. We don't have all the facts. But there are some students. For, and they didn't know? Let me let's be make them take the hold SAT on, again and see wait. what their score turns oh, out. Oh, there you go. Let's, let's, let's make them take it. trying to penalize. The kids already been traumatized. They've already the, been. The, the parents are being raised. The parents, they're I'm talking about. they're being raised with this idea of privilege and entitlement. Yes, sir. Can I finish my point? Can I please finish my point? You're jumping up. Let's get these kids. Let's get let's get everyone. I didn't say that. I said there should be a penalty. There should be a penalized. I think you should penalize the kid 
perspective, know that they don't play soccer, never played soccer, and they get on a soccer team and they fake an industry, in, uh, uh, injury, they too should be they're part of the process. But for the child who actually think that they walked in there and they think they're smart and they're not because their mama or their daddy or their uncle or their aunt or whoever it was cheated on their behalf and they didn't know it, I don't know how you hold that child accountable for the recklessness of their parents. There has to be some. That's just where I am, and that's what I believe. Well, now, we, I, we can agree I, that I, you want to go get them. They no, didn't know. They I, walked in there. They're walking around talking about they're smart, and they're just, they're, they're, they know better. They, but I'm going to put it this way. Know? Listen, I'm going to put it this way. So there are a number of those students. If there's not a law that penalizes them now, that's fine. Going forward, there should be. Because that's how you're going to stop the reckless behavior of these parents. If they don't know, Atiba, if how are you going to penalize someone that don't know? Then what my point of this? And you better be you better be careful because this this can this can go Kwame, this can go further than point, this SAT. This can go this, to is, stuff that's going can. on in these urban environments. It can, it can it go can. into these parents that are and just. Act, I mean, so and, when and, you start and, opening that worm, and, that worm that 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 can's going to open up. Unfortunately, what we have here is. A, a issue of accountability. And I, I agree and so on accountability. With the, with the parents, in this particular case, yes, the parents should not only be held accountable, because there was, what, 50, 50 parents that were caught in this? And we, and it could be we more. Have no we idea have no idea how many more. If, if there's $45 million involved, there's a whole lot more money that's... I mean, well, I don't know if you're more. paying five... You, but remember, some people were paying 500000 to get the test changed, 500000 to get the test changed, and then they were writing a check but that's to, all. They were writing a check to the nonprofit once their kid got in about. for a million that's dollars. All, that's all we know about, correct? I mean, so my goodness. So, so what about all the other cases that we don't know about? So... Going back to the point, to, to my point here. So you agree with me now? What I'm saying here is no, but what have I'm I converted is, you over to my thought process for those innocent think that kids that had no idea that's in Yale and they're looking at their phone and now they're they realized that their parents cheated on them, and cheated for them, and they thought they were smart, so they already emotionally. So what about the student that I mean, goes in? What about the student I mean, that goes I into? Can't their, hold them accountable. What happens with the student who goes into their guidance counselor? And the guidance counselor is going through their record and saying, wait, you're not on crew. But, but that's different. But I said for what those about, I, I said for okay. those people who cheated so from an athletic my point, perspective, my point they this, participated. My point Some people what I, and what appear I, not to have participated. And what I have said here is that perhaps it is going forward, but that if you want to put the parents in check, if you want to make sure that this doesn't happen again, then there should be some provision that's on here where the student does get penalized because that will make the parent think two and three times before they do something like what they have just done in terms of with these kids' lives. Well, let me say this. We don't beat this up. We're going to come back because I, I like your point. Your point is that if, in fact, you say you're something that you're not and you sh there should be some accountability all the way around. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. All right, we're going to come back with the 2020 election cycle because I'm telling you, we got a lot to talk about with these candidates. I mean, everybody's running for office. I, I'm, I'm thinking about running for office. I, I, maybe I should run for office. Uh, uh, but we'll be right back. Always real talk. Welcome back. We're still here at Always Real Talk talking about the 2020 election. And has the Democratic Party moved too far left? Atiba, 
Has the party jumped off the cliff? No. You think they haven't went far enough? Have the Republican Party gone too far to the right? But that wasn't a question. See, why is every every time I ask the question about the Democratic Party, the first thing they want to tell me about is the Republicans. Because in order for us... I'm just asking a very simple question about the Democratic Party, but every time I do, they want to talk to me about Trump. They want to talk to me about the Republicans. They want to talk to me about the independents. But they didn't have so a let's put it so let me question. let me answer it this Why way. Why is that? So the Democratic Party has not moved too far to the left. Thank you. That was see, that was very They easy. haven't moved far enough to the left. They should go off the cliff and, then. And the reason why well, I don't know if there is a I cliff. mean they they're at the cliff. I mean they're right there. But I tell you this, you know, when Nancy Pelosi made the um, comment this week that the president wasn't worth impeachment. But that's that's you know no you know that's different. Than, I think that that was her way of keeping the the party from going over that so-called cliff that you talk about. But uh, my, maybe my cliff is that the policies and where and where we're going and where the party seems to be headed. Why? Because of you know can they win? What are the off issues? The cliff? This is what I'm going to ask you. What are the issues that the Democratic Party or members of the Democratic Party are offering that are too far to the left? Is it green for all? Is it College edu- free college. I mean, green. I mean, it's a lot of people. Education. People have already backed off the green fall. But is it free I mean, college you can't education? Put, you can't say green. And that's, 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 right? that's, that's we can't say green fall. We know green. Know the green fall. It's we need sad to, that they did back off. They, of they, it. they they backed off because the thing that I see that the Democratic Party too often does is it tries to be comfortable, and in order to have these conversations and debates on policy, they we're going to have to have some uncomfortable conversations. Here's a comfort, uncomfortable conversation. Why is it that we can always find the dollars to pay for war? i.e. President Bush and, Cheney, and Vice President Cheney said that it was going to cost 80 to $100 billion for us to fight a war in Iraq that has cost us over $2 trillion. Why was, were we able to find the money to do that, but we can't find money to pay for health care for 320 million citizens? Why is it that we can pay to go into endless wars in other places, drive the debt up to now over $4 trillion, but we still can't find the money so that our young people can go to college? No, but but let's, let's just say this. I mean, the health care, we're, we're still on Obamacare, though, aren't we? Well, we, n- not necessarily because Obamacare has been dwindled down. We've I seen, mean, how far, how much has been, how much, how much, how much has been dwindled down? We keep they seeing insurance you know? premiums continue to rise. No one has, no policy, not on the Democratic side or Republican side, has reeled in the cost of, 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 of health care and, and overall. So do you think that the health care lobbyists and the pharmaceutical companies are controlling things to make that, that, that make sure that doesn't happen? I think that overall it's, I mean, it has it's, to start it's, somewhere. it's a lot deeper it's than the, that. Well, I think no, let's, let's go back to the cost. You gotta go back to the cost. We keep talking about cost, but here's, a, here's what we're not talking about. We're not talking about increasing the income levels of Americans. We have seen disproportionately over the last almost 40 years, this is 2019 since 1980, we have continued to see a, an incredible shift, a shift where average families were able to work as well as save money. We were seeing more single family, single um, parents households than we do today. Now we have two parent households and parents and families are still having an issue with trying to save money. Why? Because the cost of everything, not just health care, everything but, continues well, to go let's, up. Let's go back to your point. Because I, I, like, I, I like how everyone always, wages, everyone always wages wiggles. Let's wages get back wages to my question. You took like five minutes. You're not getting to my question. Wages continue to remain stagnant. Costs continue to go up. And yet, we continue to see CEOs pay, continue to skyrocket and go off of that cliff that you're saying, but from the right side. 
And on the left side, where we keep seeing the only people that we keep seeing falling off the cliff are the people that don't have. The people who are working two, three, and four jobs in order to make ends meet, but they still can't pay for their child to be able to go to, to, to the hospital or go to the doctor or pay for health care insurance or go to college. And yet we're saying that this conversation of Democrats and their policy or what some of these younger, no. let me finish this. Some of these younger Democrats are you're saying. You're not saying anything I, I disagree with. But, so, but, but, I don't, but I don't see this whole idea of going over the cliff. It, it, I, well, the question I ask you, has the Democratic Party moved too far left? Yeah, you said the cliff. It, it, some people think they're about to go I don't to the think cliff. they've gone to the cliff. Okay. I think that they still and have a long ways further to go to great. the cliff. Well, because me. we have to go so far left in order to pull this thing that's gone so far right back somewhere to the middle. So you think there's no room for the middle in the Democratic Party? Where is the middle? What is the middle? I'm just saying. You, you, I think you that we've got to let go of the no, whole idea you, you of said we haven't fought, You said we haven't gone too you, you, we you haven't far. Up, we haven't went le uh, far enough left. That's no, what you said. We haven't gone enough far enough so left to, pull, to reel mean, in so 40 years of, of conservative ideas with a mix of about 12 years in the middle of that. So we've got 18 years versus 12 of ideas that continue to push this country too far somewhere else. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I... And I, and I always... Out these questions, and I'm sorry, I said 18, but it's 16 years whatever, of Democrats. Whatever, whatever, whatever it is, can the Democrats win near the cliff if they do things that make them feel uncomfortable? If like, they like talk what? about issues that are uncomfortable, like what, what like, at, like, at, like free college like education, like reparations? Are you talking about reparations? Are you talking about reparations? I mean, no, you no, said you want to talk about I mean, you want to talk about I mean, you want to talk about it. 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 I mean, to the people who are actually property. And so, yes, when we have this conversation about reparations, I don't know where that conversation is going to go. I don't even know what that's supposed to look like. But it's, I mean, we can I have just, the conversation. I just meant uncomfortable. We're just talking about things but that yes, are uncomfortable. But yes, yes. So you a, think, you think the conversation green, you think the green bill is uncomfortable? You think uh, health care for all is uncomfortable? I think it was uncomfortable. I don't I think, think it's become, I don't think, I think it's I think comfortable. It, I people, think it, I think it was uncomfortable. Four years ago when... Yeah, but I'm saying it's comfortable now. The conversation about health care for all is, is a comfortable conversation. Well, I mean, people, there used to be a time... Pre-existing condition. People, I don't know anyone well, I mean, that says that There used to be a time that. when marriage equality was an uncomfortable conversation. But the LGBTQ community made it about love. And they changed the dynamic of that conversation and made it a conversation that we as a country could have, and now we have marriage equality. Absolutely. There used Absolutely. to be a time when having a conversation about integration was a difficult conversation, but there were civil rights activists that put their lives on the line and made it a comfortable conversation to have, comfortable enough that we made some progress. But Not what, enough. But what, what conversations now that you're saying we got to have uncomfortable conversations? Well, we're still what talking about wage inequality. Okay. We're still talking about access to college education. Think about this. 40 years ago, when you graduated from high school, you could get a good paying government job. You could go work for a good corporation, make a great salary, a salary that was enough to be able to take care of your family and work one job. Costs continue to go up, but so did income. And then all of a sudden, that stopped. 1980s, are you... People always talk about the Republicans and Reagan, but what we really should be looking at, following the money, 
And where was it that all of a sudden wage stagnation really came to, to, to a point where we started to see this divide of income and the cost of goods and services? If you work at Walmart 40, 30 hours, have no health insurance, and you can't go back to Walmart and then pay for items from the store because you've got to take that to go pay for your rent and pay for your needs of your kids, there's a problem. Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger problem. <laughs> it's a bigger problem. And I had a good friend talk to me about this problem, and it, it hit me. And he said, look, you know, we come back, we'll, I'll get a little bit more into this problem where now when you're talking about working at Walmart, well, the people working at Walmart may not be working at Walmart anymore because they got all the self-services and getting rid of all the cashiers. So now, you know, well, there's no cashier, the cashier job is gone. Right now, the McDonald's, you go to McDonald's, you just you go to a screen and you hit it, you put your card in, and they give you your food. So pretty soon, you know, all those jobs are going to be going to be gone. Are robots making the food. So we'll be right back, talk a little bit more, ended up with uh, my good friend Atiba, Always Real Talk. <music> Welcome back to Always Real Talk. We're still talking about are we too far to the left? You know, it was too far in the, to the left to actually win. And at the end of the day, it's really about, you know, it's about winning. And if you don't win, you can't change any of these policies. Sometimes you lose to win. And I'm going to tell you. So how do you lose real to quick. win? So right now, there stop. are. Stop. Oh, right oh, now, stop. There are Sometimes you lose to there win. There are 100 plus women in the Congress of the United States. 85 plus of them are Democrats. Mm-hmm. Many of those women who ran in this 2018 cycle, in this midterm, I don't believe would have even run, let alone have won, had Hillary won in 2016. I, don't, I, I disagree. I disagree with you. If she would have if she would have if won, Hillary had won, if she had won in, in 2016 and she was president of the United States, I think that that whole movement still would have kept moving on. More women would have ran for office. Well, we would have had a women's march. It, it, the way that, that, it, it, that, that it, had the, I think they had the energy that it did on January 21st of 2017. We don't know. But that doesn't mean that more people wouldn't have been ins- people were inspired by her campaign to run Are anyway. people uncomfortable this now? This was going to happen Are people anyway. uncomfortable now? With, oh. this, with this, uh, this president, are people uncomfortable? See, what I... What I you're so smooth with it. No, but are they uncomfortable? No, 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 no the White House, the because, President's because House, the, the Howard, President's where the House, President of the, the United States keep, lives. Because subliminally, we keep having this idea in our mind, call this smooth if you want to or not. It is, it is a house that's white. You, it's, it is, but I you mean, know what? what There's a reason, too, why it was changed to be called the White House. But let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about this. Let's, so how do you win back, back the president? How do you win back how the presidency? How do you win? That's, that's how do what you I win back the presidency? And the way you win back the presidency, is it's going to take a huge grassroots effort. Obama doesn't win in 2008 without grassroots, without community organizing, without inspiring people to do the very least and do the very most. How many young people came out and knocked on doors in 2008 because they felt inspired by something? Now, of this crop of Democrats, we still don't know who's going to come through, but winning the White House is not the end all. Well, it's, it's, I mean, 
it might not be the end all, but I talk to all the people that are trying to become want to see this guy? president of the do United see, States. Do we want to see this guy? I mean, you, no, I, mean, you clear, I mean, I'm just saying that when I talk to my Democratic friends, they want every time they say we can't move the needle until we get the House back and we get the White House. That's 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 what the objective is, I, the, right? So if you don't do that. You can't is create the, the change. Is the objective? And can you do that that far? Can you do that when you're near the end of the cliff? Is the president is the, is the presidency the end all, or is it the presidency, the House, the Senate, and figuring out how to rectify the damage that's been done on the judicial side? Because there's a whole lot more to this. But you what can't. What about the state legislatures? What about local? But, but see, we're not. All we keep talking about. We have been trained. We've been trained to look at this one particular house. Well, no, I'm not because we we have coming up on our show later on tonight. We do have folks from the state and local side that will be talking about these particular My issues. Point I'm just saying we got we're talking about the 2020 campaign, and we're talking about Democrats want to win in 2020, and what does it really take to win? People keep telling me about Trump, President Trump. They keep telling about all the stuff he's doing. They keep telling about all these kind of crazy policies, but no one's what telling me. What policies does he have? I'm, I'm, Building a wall? Because he's definitely built a wall in this country. I'm just saying right now. It's about winning in 2020. 2020 and, shouldn't and, be and, just and, about and winning the presidency. And, it, and it's very clear that isn't what's one of the objectives. It is an objective. It's definitely a key objective. But it was the objective. That was the objective in 2016. The objective is to win. That was the objective in 2016. But here, here, here's here's my question. 2016. There you were don't want to answer my question. There were only three. You don't want to answer. There were only three people on the stage in 2016 who ran for president. Why? There were 19 on the Republican side. Why? Who wanted it more? Who won? Who wanted it more? Who won? Trump. Okay, so so, what's so your, who what's wanted your point? it more? What's your point? So here's he the thing: won, we though, right? earlier and earlier we talked about. He won. Earlier we talked about games or gamesmanship or how right. you win. And so the thing is that right now, in order to win this thing, because in my opinion, seventy-seven thousand votes that won Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. To me, why didn't Hillary? Why didn't the Democrats contest that? See, I Why mean, didn't they contest that? And you, now you want me now all of a sudden. All I want to know is me, that can these can the policies and where the dim, and I'm I'm gonna answer. Yes, the question. I, I do think. I wanted yes, you to answer I the think, question, and I'm gonna answer the question. It's taking you too long to answer. The answer is no. I you think, know why the answer is no? The reason why the answer is no is the same reason why Joe Biden is now saying, "Hey, I'm going to run for president of the United States," because he sees that the too far left and people are saying, "Boy, if Joe gets in the race, Joe is gonna bring it back to the middle." And that's why the polls in Iowa got them at 27% above everyone right now. And people in there say, I'm not going to run because the Vice President Joe Biden's going to get in the race. And Joe is coming to bring some, some, some sensibility to where the Democratic Party is. The Democratic Party seems to be too far left. And Joe Biden is saying, hey, we need to bring this thing in is so we can the, actually is that the issue? win is that, is the it, is election. It, is it, that it, takes, hold up, hold up. That, takes, that does not take away from the issues that you have articulated that is absolutely needed in this country. And part but it does say we have to. And win. part of what we have is more women who are running for president, running for president, and we keep saying that we got to get and and hire elect one of two old white men to save the country. And that's the democratic message for me right now. <laughs> that's Okay, that's the democratic message for you right now. That's what that's what that's what I it sounds like. What you're I saying, love, you're love, saying, have they gone too far to the left? To me, when you're saying, have they gone too far to the left? Well, no, no. Are there too me, many me, women no, in the race? No, no. See, there you go. No, but that's what. No, no. There you there you go. That's not what I'm saying. But that's the that's the no. See, that's the no. See, that's the way that it is. No, that's what you're creating. 
No, I'm not. That, that's, that's what we keep hearing. I didn't say anything about women being too far left. I didn't say anything. I didn't separate nothing about gender at all. No, you didn't have to. You got that's the conversation. We got a lot of people talking. We got a lot of candidates there that are far left. Not no just what's wrong with being far left. See, there you go. We don't say anything about that's what we don't say anything about white men being too far right. That's what we got. That's what we don't. Oh, and when we're talking about we're talking. I bring a point. Next thing you know, I'm talking about when I ain't say nothing. And we're talking about Biden being. In the I, middle, I'm just saying being, Biden, being that, the one who's the mo- who makes the most sense. That's what no, I didn't say that. So people are saying that Biden is going to be more in the middle. So why do we have you to have be people in the middle? to the left? You got no. You don't want to be in the middle. No, I got you. You made your point earlier. You don't about, want to be in the middle. I got just you. But I'm saying people are in the middle. Some people are to the left. Some people are to the far right. And all I'm saying right now is that in order to win back the White House in 2020, if, uh, if we think Trump. People think Trump is too far right. Some people think the Democrats are too far left. But our time is up. We're going to have you back on the show. We're going to have uh, Tiba back on the show. We're going to keep on talking about this. I want you to go to partypoliticsus.com and also visit or ask to be invited to Chalkboard Conversations. If it's always real talk, you know it's going to be real.